Yo, welcome back to the Weekend Review Podcast. My name is Sean Stroud, and I'm your host, just in case you forgot. <clears throat> Still here, recording this one a little bit early, even though I am a day late. But if it's normal for me to be a day late, is it really being late anymore? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, Yeah, recording this early, honestly, because I just stressed myself out, and now I'm trying to take my mind off of it, so... You guys get to be my distraction today. Hope that's cool with you. I don't mean to use or abuse you too much, but hey, you're here, right? Might as well listen. <clears throat> but basically, I just started, um, I just finished my resume and actually started applying for writing jobs. And I shouldn't put an S at the end of that because I only found one to actually apply for. And I don't know if it's actually still available because it was just a tab that I've had open for maybe a month now, so... <clears throat> it has not been a uh, a very fruitful session at my computer so far, and I just I've, I just became very stressed seeing that at, at the fact that there aren't very many jobs available. And maybe that's how it is. Maybe that's how it's going to be. But we'll see what ends up happening. One thing I did find that looked pretty cool was an internship at D Magazine, which internship you hear that it's unpaid, but. It is experience, and they said only, it says 12 to 24 hours a week. I can swing that. And they said uh, something about a $2,000 stipend for shit. That, that, that seems like it might even out. And really, what I want is experience. Experience and being able to say, hey, I've been there. I've done that. So they can go other places. But that's the only thing that I, that I was really interested in. But they they had a summer internship and th that's the only application that's still up even though the deadline passed like last month so I emailed the dude that they had his email up there and asked when the fall applications open just so I can have a date on it for myself and kind of be ready to apply for that <clears throat> but nah man I am looking for my way out I am looking for my way out it's just walking around that warehouse just gets harder every day, man. Harder every single day. And it doesn't help that last week I got into it with fucking Aiden. And I say get into it. It was There was no long, drawn-out anything. Basically what happened was I got to work. Robert told us to mow and weed eat. Aiden grabbed the mower. I normally mow, but that's fine. I just I decided that I was not going to be pissed about that because that's something that I can sit there and be in my head about. Like, oh, I normally mow, but no, I just I I said to myself, that's dumb. It's still an easy job. Just grab the weed eater. It doesn't matter. So I grabbed the weed eater, and if if you've heard me complain about it in the podcast previously, some people fucking suck with their weed eater etiquette. If you're weed eating. You go away from where the mower is. You take care of the other stuff they're not doing. Stay out of each other's way, man. There's no, there's never a reason that I should have to stop my mower because you're weed eating in front of me. Like, that's not... There's got to be some synergy. And so I did. I, I remember what how it felt on the the opposite end of that. So I went and weed eated in my own area and got everything taken care of. And then when I was done weed eating, I looked at the like the front and stuff this dude had just not even mowed two whole sections like we're supposed to mow the front of our shop and the front of the the shop next door because i think it's the same piece of property i think the owner owns both i'm not really sure i just do what i'm told and i know that's one thing that i have been told to do but yeah this dude he he, he took the mowing job which i i got over pretty quickly and then he did fucking didn't do half of it. So I had to put my go put the weed eater up, grab the mower while he's like in there doing metal work, like shit that, you know, other shit that's not mowing and weeding that he did not fucking finish. So I have to go grab the mower, go out there and remow the shit, which really I'm not mad about having to do it because I, I mowing is like my favorite thing to do at the shop. It's relaxing. I'm I'm just taking a walk, listening to music, basically. The only thing is I'm pushing some shit in front of me. It's not hard. It's not a big deal. It's my preferred thing. So I was fine with that. But it's just the fact that, like, 
He took he, he decided to mow and then he didn't even do the whole job. It'd be like if he weed eated and didn't do the whole job. Well, no, it wouldn't actually. Let me clarify. Let me go back. Mowing is a lot more important than weed eating. All right. Mowing, you can get a lot more. If you do a, a good job mowing and a shitty job weed eating, it's a lot less noticeable than if you do a shitty job mowing. But the weeds, the edges are crisp. That doesn't matter if you've got like splotches of like high poking weeds in the middle of your yard. It just ruins it. Plus, this dude, I went in there and told Cullen like, dude, your brother's the laziest fucking lawnmower ever. He was leaving out big patches in between the fences that you can get with the mower. Like I was supposed to just fucking hit it all the way down with the weed eater. No, dude, the weed eater's for edges. The weed eater is for shit that the mower literally cannot get. That's that's what it's for, in my mind at least. So, yeah, I had to go back and re-mow this shit so that it didn't look like ass and so that we didn't get yelled at. So when I went to put the mower up, I passed in front of Aiden and Cullen and I just stopped in front of him and looked at Aiden until he, he met met my gaze. And I said, you, you should just let me mow next time, man. Not Not on some, you know, I'm just basically just calling him out on what he did. You know, he didn't finish the job. And he says, well, you should get here earlier next time. Like, what? What does that have to do with... But I didn't say that. I responded with, well, then maybe you shouldn't do such a shitty job, so I have to go back and re-mow over your shit. And then he did, like, the worst fucking fake laugh I've ever heard. Because I love Aiden. Dude's not not confrontational person. He's not. Like, if if you get him into an argument... If you get him, if if it's not like him roasting his brother, I feel like he 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 gets pretty hot headed pretty quick. And I'm not I'm over it. Like I'm not mad about it anymore. So I'm not saying that to disparage him to fucking slander his name. I'm just analyzing the situation and the person that I know pretty well. So yeah, he gave like the worst fucking fake laugh ever and said like, "Man, that must suck, huh?" And, and then he started talking about how I how I mess up every day, and I'm like. Do you not mess up, Aiden? Do you not ever fuck anything up? Because here's the thing, bro. The whole time I've been at that shop, Aiden and Cullen have kind of had this fucking holier-than-thou approach when it comes to me and working. And, like, I get it. I'm not... I don't eat, breathe, and fucking shit sheet metal. Like, Cullen told me the other day he walks into, like, Walmart and he'll just look up at the air ducts and, and admire it and talk about it to Coop. Dude, I am never going to be on that level. I pray to God I'm never on that level, dude. There, if I, you could shoot me, dude. If I'm like, oh my gosh, is that a one and a half inch flange on that? Dude, just just take me out, please. Like, that's never going to be me. I'm never going to give a fuck about what we're making. It's never going to be my passion. But I do my job. I'm not dumb. And if there's something that I need help with, I go and ask. Yes, I fuck some shit up, but if I fuck some shit up, I, I damn sure fix it in the same sentence, or at least go find someone that can or can help me do it. Regardless, Cullen and Aiden always have this kind of like holier-than-thou, up-on-their-high-horse energy of like, oh, well, we're the good old boys. We get the job done, and we don't slack, and we're never lazy. Meanwhile, if you know it hits 340 and if Colin doesn't want to work, this dude's just going to do laps walking back and forth all the way around the shop like 10 times just to not do fucking work. And, and I'm not I don't care, you know. <clears throat> it's not my business, meaning it's not my corporation, like I don't own it. It's it I don't it doesn't bother me in the slightest if they don't want to do work. I I don't care, just like it shouldn't bother them if I want to be lazy. But if you're going to sit here and be like Mr. Know-it-all, Mr. fucking we do this, you don't do squat, then yeah, it's it's time to be petty like, "Hey, well what what are you, what are you doing, man? Your 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 nose is clean. I think you need some brown on it. Why don't you fucking you know, that that's kind of how it starts to feel." And so yeah, Aiden saying some shit like that is no no fucking news to me. Like, dang man, you just you mess up every day. Like, no, bro, we mess up the same fucking amount. I'm just not trying to put on a front of like, oh sheet metal. Like pretty ridiculous, man. 
so that irritated me. And then he said something about he, uh, you know, I kind of am just like ranting about this on here. Aiden Cullen, if y'all listen to this, I'm not mad about this. I just started talking about it, so now I'm just talking about it. I'm getting it all out. Is what it is. Um, but yeah, and then he he told me about how Robert got mad because I took I took all day to do a job that should have took two hours the previous day, and apparently he yelled at Aiden about it. So Aiden was like getting mad at me about that. And I said, wait, he he yelled at you for what I did. And he was like, yeah. I said, well, that's not, I don't really see how that's my fault. And, and then I, I walked away because he wasn't, he, he stopped talking or I, I don't know. He went back to work, whatever. I walked away. And the whole day I just kept thinking of like, not necessarily, well, yeah, kind of mean like confrontational shit to go back up to him and say to like kind of said that put the thing to bed. Say something like, look, man, it sucks that Robert yelled at you for for something that I did. But at the end of the day, you're a grown ass man, bro. Like if someone's going to yell at you for someone else's shit, it's on nobody else but your goddamn self to grow backbone and say, hey, man, I didn't do that. Leave me alone. You know, I've done that. I've done that several times. I, I think to Johnny and to Robert. And, you know, just other other shit along those lines. But it wasn't worth it. Aiden's my friend. I decided to just kind of not care. Uh, but I, I won't lie. The rest of that day was pretty fucking shitty. And I don't... It wasn't just that. That wasn't the only thing that made me fucking upset that day. But, dude, like, it just all dragged me all the way fucking down. Like, I was so... Sad isn't even the right word. Like, I was just exhausted you, you you ever been too tired to care <laughs> that's about how i felt let me get some water real quick too tired to care a good example of that is later in the day i went up to cullen to ask him if um if this piece of metal was 22 because we had, we use different um, thickness. Um, I'm sorry, how, what's the best way to word that? We use different metals of varying thicknesses. <laughs> I don't know if that was much better to to make different stuff just depending on what people order. So I needed 22 gauge for this shit. And you you can't always tell when something's 22 gauge or 20 gauge or eight, 18 gauge. You can definitely tell because that shit is thick as fuck. But um, sometimes 24 and 22, it's hard to tell the difference. Excuse me. So I just brought I brought it up to him just to know so I can go go on and do it and be sure because it was like I think it was for like a person, not necessarily a corporation. So I felt like I wanted to do make sure it was the right shit. So I just this was like near the end of the day. I had been quiet all day, not talking to anybody because that shit fucking ruined my day. Honestly, I don't ever want to beef with my homies ever. Like I don't I don't want to have a problem with Aiden. And yes, I did, I guess I did instigate because he, well, because I wanted to let him know that he fucked up mowing, but he took it in like some way left sideways direction where it was like he had been holding shit against me and thinking about it and like was ready to unload that shit. And I think maybe that's what really like upset me because it's, I don't ever really get mad about work shit. And if I do, it's like over by the end of the day. Like right now, I'm not holding it. I'm, I'm obviously I'm talking about it, but that's just to unpack it. Cause that was my day. And yeah, wow. 14 minutes. We're still going on this, but, um, just, just to get it over with. I, I went up to Colin. I was like, Hey, is this 22 gauge? And he, he bent it and he was like, man, you can't tell 22 gauge yet. How long you been here? Something like that. And instead of like reacting, talking any shit, saying anything back to him, I kind of just looked at him and walked past him and just went on with, with what I was doing. Because, dude, there have been so many times where Colin has told me that something is a thickness of metal and it was the wrong fucking thickness. It's like he's told me it's, it was 20 gauge and it was 24. Like there's it's, it's a four gauge difference between those pretty obvious when you feel it and so I could have brought up any of those number of times but it just didn't feel worth it 
It didn't feel. It was just like, man, what's the fucking point? He's just gonna go. Ah, you're right, man. And then we're gonna walk. Like it, I just didn't have the energy for that fucking interaction. So, yeah. And then you know what? I went to work today. I did not fucking say a word to either of them. So. At this point, now that's another reason that I want out of this job because I don't want to have, I don't want to have uh, weird interactions with my homies. I want to just be friends with them. Ah, <sighs> okay, I'm done talking about this now. I'm sorry. I needed to vent that out. I guess I I do feel better now. I'm gonna be honest. But just uh yeah, finishing up my resume and looking at jobs. That shit got me stressed out, man. And it made me feel like I should call mom, like I should talk to mom, just like I was talking about at the end of uh, last podcast. Whenever I get overwhelmed, man, mom can just like put me at ease like no one else can. I mean, just breaking it down. And, and I, I think it helps that she's been in the world longer. And, and, and maybe just the fact that she's um, what she does, is just like opens my mind to new shit. Because I have a very closed-minded view, and sometimes it is because I've um, I've made it that way. But a lot of times it's just because I don't know about shit. And so I'll go to her, and she'll bring up like, "Well, you could do this maybe, or you could go this route, or you know what? Just wait and see what happens." And it um, makes it so the world doesn't feel so like it's closing in on me, like like my chest, like it's hard to breathe. Like, um, you know, looking at all these jobs that aren't available, <laughs> looking at the lack of, of job applications that I could really send in made me feel like, what's the fucking point? I should just put my nose down and work this dumbass job, find another dumbass job because that's guaranteed. But see, that's the thing. That's not, that's guaranteed, but that's not fulfilling. That's not, I, I already dread being there for every hour of the day, so can't can't just do that can't just uh be good enough or not even good enough can't just settle so yeah dumbass driver of the week bringing that back real quick this was actually a week or two ago but i was coming down third no no 635 north i just passed town east and this is where it starts to curve a little bit like a highway in my mind should be for the most part, straight. Unless there's one big turn it has to do to, to just adjust to whatever the fuck. should be straight. There shouldn't be no squiggle lines, no uh, snake slither patterns, no figure eights in a highway configuration. That is not safe. It doesn't make sense, especially for high speeds. Case in point being, that night I was driving and there were two cars in front of me, one in the very left lane, one in the lane, to one over to the right of that. So the very left lane and the second from the very left lane. Going about parallel with each other. And then they came up to the part in the highway where it curves to the left and then back out to the right. Like you just drew a line, a half circle, and then another line uh, continuing forward. One car knew what was up. They went with the curve. The other car just kept driving fucking straight. So you know what? I watched them fucking smack into each other. Just like bump. Just like some bumper cars. Just smack into each other. And see, if that happened to me, if I got smacked into, I'm like chasing down whoever the fuck just did that. But these guys just parted ways. Like like they 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 knew each other, just giving a little high. Hey man, bop. All right, later. I'll see you later, man. And then they just pieced out, like like nothing had happened. I I was very shocked. Um, but yeah, that's dumbass drivers of the week. One more thing about work. We we have this new guy that's been there for a while. Oh Lord, yeah, I know, new guy. I've I've had great experiences with all the new guys. We we had this new guy. He came in a while back, and I really don't know what his deal is. I've been told that he's a crackhead, so maybe that's what it is. But there might be more than just that. But the bottom line is, this dude just fucking stares. Just just stares. Uh, one time, Colin the other day, Colin was showing me how to weld this one thing in. 
And so I was doing it. I hadn't done it before, but I was getting the hang of it. I'm low key. I'm pretty good at tack welding. It's it's really just about a pattern. It's like, all right, I press it, turn my wrist this way, and hold it for this long. All right, now I do it the exact same way again, six more times. All right, you got the hang of it. Shit like that, I can I can get down pretty easily. But I was sitting there welding it, and Cullen was showing me how. So we were there, and then new guy, just like blank gaze, mouth agape, you know, milky crackhead eyes, just like, just, just staring the whole time. And so I finish one side of it. I flip it over. I start to do the other side and he's still staring and there's plenty of shit to do. So I look up and I, and I ask him, Hey man, you taking notes? And he responds, no, I don't need to take notes. And I go, okay, well, and just kind of shrug and get back to it. Didn't think anything of it, but I did know I do notice, you know, he just stares at shit. He'll just stop working and just pause and freeze and stare at some shit for an undisclosed amount of time and then get back to work. Sometime later, I'm taping up some shit, running S's and drives. Those are pieces of metal. I'm taping them up. I look up. This dude's just like staring right at me. And not only is he staring at me, he still has a hammer in his hand and he's leaned up against the shit that he was just putting together. That's not done yet. He just completely like stopped what he was fucking doing to stare at me. And so I'm taping this shit up. I noticed that and I say to myself, all right, I'm going to tape the other end of this shit. And if I finish and look up and he's still staring at me, I'm saying something. So sure enough, I tape that other shit, put it down. I look up, still just just milky eyes in my gazing in my direction. So so I've I've had enough, honestly, and I just say, "You're just a staring motherfucker, ain't you?" And he he just shrugs, <laughs> and I laugh, and I just walk away. The perfect fucking reaction to that question. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, but you know what? A, a few days later, after that, we were doing a job that was pretty big, and we still had a, we were rushing to finish it. And he came back and he asked me how much shit I needed, and I told him, and he went and he made it for me. So we had a productive interaction. I thought, hey, you know what? Maybe this is this is the turnaround. This is the start of it. Maybe we're going to be all right. Later that day, I I was um, walking up to the front. It was near the end of the day, and I'd been drinking a lot of water, as I usually try to. So I made a beeline for the restroom. Uh, The the door was closed, but I turned the handle, and it was unlocked, so I opened it. And they are, hey! And sure enough, there's the crackhead fucking... Luckily, I didn't see anything. He was angled away from me graciously, and he wasn't one of those people who has to, like, completely drop trow to take a piss. So I didn't see anything. I just turned around went into the office and took a piss there. Went on with my day. Didn't make it into a big deal because it wasn't. But in my head, I said, well, that's the end of that. That, There there goes all the, uh, that there goes that productive interaction. It's just going to be awkward now, but. It's been all right since then. I think he's an all right guy. I don't I don't I don't really know. It's hard to tell, but yeah. That was that. Got to see Larry June this week. He came to Southside Ballroom on Friday and I actually found out that there's a Southside Music Hall. I'd never heard of that before, but Kevin was saying that he had a concert at Southside and uh I was confused because I didn't think he I didn't he I knew he didn't have tickets to the Larry June concert but apparently it's, uh someone named Panchinko was playing at uh, Southside Music Hall so we were literally like right next to each other just having good times separately he was with Ricardo and Michael but I um but the show was at eight I pulled up around seven thirty and gotten the long ass line for parking. But there was plenty of parking, so I have no complaints. That's one thing I got to give to Southside Ballroom. Props to them, because they have plenty of fucking event parking. Went, found my spot, got out. 
it was um 15 bucks not that bad and i did have cash wait pause pause i did have cash from um did i did i talk about buying a drum on this yet i'm not sure i've been looking on facebook marketplace for drums the past couple weeks and i found a uh, dejimbe on facebook for 125 bucks it's normally like 280 it seemed like it was in pretty good condition it was a mom selling it. She said uh, her son's selling it for college money, used it for about six months, bought it for a African drum and African drumming class. So I thought, cool. I messaged him. They, I got him to go down to 100. I pull up to get it, and I'm also uh, wanting to look at their bongos too because they have some bongos up there for 40 bucks. So I, I pull up with 140 in cash, and it's a middle school kid. <clears throat> who owned this drum. This mom, like, completely bought her kid a brand new fucking hand drum djembe, like a $300 drum for middle school drumming class. That's insane, but that's pretty cool for the kid. I, I, I play the drum. It sounds pretty good. And you know what? It is in my apartment right now. It's not in here. It's in my bedroom, or I would smack it for you. Plus, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go smack it for you. But no, plus it's like nine o'clock. I'm not trying to piss off my neighbors, but I got that. Didn't end up getting the bongos. So I had 40 bucks in cash. On my way to the Larry June venue, my one of my tires went flat. So I pulled over, used some cash to get that fixed. All right, headed out. <clears throat> 15 bucks for parking. I had cash. There we go. So we're good to go. Uh, went inside, got in the merch line. And I heard some murmurs, some some whispering, that there were no mediums left. No more mediums. At least not for the shirt that I wanted, which sucked. But I was pretty far back in the line, and I'd already waited a bit. So I was going to wait longer, go ahead and get up there, maybe get the white shirt instead. I don't know. Got up there, and in my head, I said, fuck it. I asked the dude, hey, y'all are out in that shirt for a, a size medium, right? Y'all are out? And he said, you know what, bro, hold up. And, and he turned around and went back. And he came back with a shirt in his hand. He said, you know what, man, we just got a box of mediums in right now. You got lucky. And he was right. I did get lucky because I literally watched the dude in front of me have to get a large instead of a medium. So I, I definitely got lucky. It made um, getting there a little late and taking a while for parking all that much more worth it because that wouldn't have happened if not. But got that shirt. <clears throat> I did the old tried and true tuck method as patented by Kevin. Or at least I think it was patented by Kevin. He's the one who told me. If you get a, a concert shirt, you don't want to put it on, don't have to worry about slinging it over your shoulder or dropping it, tuck that bitch in your pants. One half of it down one pants leg, one half of it down the other. It does look like you're fucking crotch stuff into the max, trying to look like you have a porn star dick, but... It, it it works out so you have free hands. That, that's how I, I like to do it. And that's what I did that night. And you know what else I did that night? You already know me. I had a, a joint rolled. Yes, sir. Yes, I did. I had two joint roll two joints rolled, as a matter of fact. I, I, I did that before the concert. Rolled the first one. Didn't look that great. Rolled another one. Looked kind of better. And I put a tip on it. So there we go. But I didn't have my dube tube, my uh, little white circular uh, cylindrical container that I've been putting my joints in for the past couple of years. I didn't. I don't know where it is. I, I'm, I guess I lost it or some shit. So I was frantically looking around for the apartment for somewhere or something I could put this joint in to not break it or crumple it up or fuck it up in my pockets until I get to the concert. Looking around, looking around, looking around. I think, fuck, I haven't found anything. I sit down at my desk, and I look over, and there's the hammer and the nails that I've been using to hang up, like, I don't know, my shelves and shit. And then I notice, hey, that container of nails might just... And then I dump the nails out, and sure enough, the joint fits perfectly in there. So that was my joint container. So at the concert, I took out my joint... I was just holding it, though, because the, the opener was out. I was going to wait a little bit longer. 
before I really got into it. This lady next to me, I guess she had a joint too because she was trying to light it like right up against my leg. Like she was using me as wind resistance and it was taking a, a while. So I just like crouched down and, and held my hands up for her. One, one girl that I used to know would have called that building her a house. You're, you're building her a house. I hate that shit. No, I was just giving her wind resistance and, and she thanked me, lit her shit. I worked my way into the crowd, worked my way in, got into the center, sparked up, and waited. And boy, I mean waited, because it felt like a while before Larry June came out. But he finally came out. And I've only I've only listened to him uh, f- for a little bit now. Uh, mainly just his Alchemist release, and then there was um, Stay Consistent. <clears throat> That's probably the, the main song I listened to him from a while ago, but it's not one of his big ones. But he came out, and he just had crazy good energy, bro. He did. He w- he was, like, excited to be there, and everybody was excited to see him. And he started doing his ad-libs and shit, which I didn't know he did those ad-libs because they're all kind of, like, they're all in, like, a fruity voice. Uh, um, if we weren't in such a politically correct climate, I would venture to say, like, a gay accent. Like, his ad-libs are like, Good job, Larry! Like with that, eh, you know, that the pullback at the end, that little flamboyancy. And, and I didn't know he did those, but he got up there and started doing them and the crowd started doing them back. And I was like, yo, this is lit. I didn't know he did that. And uh, his other ones are like, keep going, Larry. And like, yee Just shit like that. All really cool shit. And he, he uh, performed his songs. I didn't know most of them. I'm be honest. I heard some of them because I'd listened to a few albums that day. I knew the two that he played from the Alchemist album because those were really the ones that I wanted to see or, or I mean hear live. And then um, he... What? Oh, yeah, he just kept playing. He he um, He kept playing songs. And then the, 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 the song he was playing finished... And he just ran off stage. Just like ran off, like no one was on stage anymore. And everybody was trying to figure out what was going on. Everybody was like looking around. I saw some people leave. And we, we kind of stood there for 10, 15 minutes trying to figure out what was happening. And I was already thinking about leaving early because, like I said, I heard the songs I wanted to hear. And I was thinking about traffic, thinking about um, just getting some sleep and everything. So I was holding out. Like at that point, I. I was more interested in staying just to figure out where he went and what happened more than to hear more songs. So that, if anything, that added a curiosity factor for me. But he came back out. Apparently the fire alarm went off. He he, he said something like, man, y'all realer than me, man. I heard the, the fire alarm. You know me. I bit corners. I had to get out of there. Like that. That's something he says a lot. Went outside, bent some corners. But um, yeah, it was a good concert. Left afterwards. Uh, I didn't see Michael, Kevin, or Ricardo at any point. But the next day, Michael, I'm sorry, Kevin texted me. He goes, dude, you won't guess what happened at the concert last night. I go, what? Did did you get a blowjob? Did did like the, did someone flash their tits? What, what, what went on? <clears throat> Apparently, our good old buddy, old pal, Michael, Passed out two songs into the opener's set. The opener's set. Yeah, not the main event. And so he was passed out on the floor for like 30 seconds unconscious. And they ended up having to leave early before Kevin could even see the main fucking person perform. The opening set. Kevin said it wasn't hot. They were on the edge of the crowd. There was like no reason. There was no justifiable excuse for that to happen. All I could think of is how pissed I would be. And how I would make his ass wait outside. Because dude, a concert? You think I'm leaving a concert early? Maybe if we're at Wendy's and you pass out. 
If, if we're at like uh, Bubba's and you pass out, like, all right, let's get the burger to go. But no, dude, they don't. A concert isn't a regularly operating, a regularly occurring event. That's a once every now and then thing. You can go fuck yourself. Sit outside and sip some water, bro. That was crazy, dude. I just just kept thinking about how mad I would have been. Something that made me happy this week. Isn't that, a, isn't that a change of pace, huh? Something that made me happy this week. I finally moved my drums back to my parents. I know I talked last week about how Dad said we could um, put them in the shed, so I took them up on that. I was uh, over there Saturday morning doing laundry, and he said something about, yeah, when, whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready. Um, but I had, I had a full day planned. Uh, after that, I went over to Trey's to hang out. We dueled some more. <clears throat> just caught up, talked about shit. And I really like hanging out with Trey, man. He's like, he's a well, is well cultured a phrase. He's like a, di- a diverse person, man. We can talk about music, the, the shit that's coming out that we're into. We can talk about, he asked me, he's the first fucking person, first friend I've ever had that has asked me, so have you, you reading any books? You read any books lately? Dude, that's such a was such a nice conversation to be able to have because god damn it, I have read books recently. S- somewhat recently, not not as recently as I'd like, but more recently than high school. <laughs> so that was cool. And he had too. So we had shit to talk about. And we just went back and forth just talking about, you know, our plans and shit. It was it's always nice catching up with him. And after that, I went home. And uh, I I knew I had homework to do, but I just kept thinking about those drums. So I I packed them up and I brought them over to my parents. And I think they were surprised to see me back again on the same day. But nah, you told me, you told me I could bring those drums over. So goddamn it, I'm getting them out and I'm changing the heads back. Because that silent stroke shit was not cutting, not cutting it. And I found out. Because I I remembered that I didn't have a drum key. I resigned myself to um, doing it with vice grips again. I was okay with that. Done it once. I'll do it again. I just just wanted to play my drums. So I ordered a new set of drum keys and cymbal shit, all this. It was a big pack, so I ordered it. Went in and asked Dad. Because I thought, why not? Just, why not ask? Hey, Dad. I lost my drum key. Have you seen it anywhere? And he and he went. Oh uh, yeah, I put it in your in your drum in your stick bag. It should be in the front front thing. And so I went and I grabbed the stick bag that I've had the whole time that I've had my drums. And sure enough, sure as shit, my drum key was in there in the little front pouch, meaning that it was just right there, steps away as I was using vice grips to. To, to change the heads and tune the heads on all my drums, but fuck it. I got the easy way now. Excuse me, big yawn. So I used the drum key, canceled my order, changed all my heads, put them all back on. And it was a cramped ass setup because the um, the mower hadn't been moved yet. And and it was dark the the in there because it was... Uh, like seven o'clock, so I wanted to open the, the door on the other side of the shed where the the mower was facing, just to get some light from that side too. So I walk out, I walk around, and um, just immediately step on a fucking nail. Ugh! Horrible feeling, dude. If you've never stepped on a nail, I recommend you keep it up. Shit's not. It's it's the reason I bought. The first time I stepped on a pin at work, the, that very same day, I ordered steel toe boots with a heel so that it never happened again. And god damn, dude, it fucking, it's just so instant. It's like, I'm fine, I'm just walking. Oh, shit! It, it's just horrible. And so I'm bleeding, bleeding out. Douse it with some alcohol, throw a Band-Aid and Neosporin on it. It doesn't... Doesn't hurt that much after the fact, but just the initial like puncture is scary as fuck, and it hurts. But that did not stop me from drumming. 
I opened the door, set my drums up, and like I said, it was cramped. I I literally, imagine yourself, if you're sitting in a chair right now, kind of spread it, spread it, kind of spread your legs a little bit, just to like a V. Not necessarily like BuzzFeed man spreading, but not like squeezing your balls together either. Give yourself some space. Now imagine a snare drum in between your legs. That's how it was for me, except my legs were wrapped around the snare drum on the back sides, like behind the stand, in order to reach the pedals for the hi-hat and the bass. And then I had both of my cymbals on one side stacked over each other, so there wasn't much room between them. What I'm saying is it was a shitty setup, but I still stayed out there for like 30 minutes because it felt so fucking nice, dude. It felt so good to just be able to beat on some shit and not have it, it be silent and, and, and my sticks sink into the heads and not have it so that if I take my earbuds out or pause my music while I'm playing, I can hear more than just like the squeaking of the bass pedal. That shit was so disheartening to be playing like to be in my head. I'm imagining a groove that I was playing on the silent stroke heads because that's what I have to do more more than not is imagine the sound. So in my head, I'm like, but in reality, you take your earbuds off and it's just like, It was it was so sad, but no more of that. No more of that. And the next time I be there, I, I, next time I be there, no. And the next time I go over there, my um, my the the the, the fucking lawnmower will be moved out of there, and so I have free reign of my drums, and that will be awesome. Holy shit! Why am I fucking yawning so much? God damn! I'm boring myself. I guess. It's fucking pitiful. It's all right. We're almost out, though. On my way back home from moving my drums to my parents, I um, I had my snare, because I always bring that back home. I had my snare in the passenger's floorboard, and then I had my djembe in the passenger seat because I was showing it to my parents. Like, hey, look at this cool shit I bought. Um, I was on my way home. And I don't know what happened. Someone was having a much worse day than me because traffic was backed up around 30 where I get off to go home. So I, I don't know what happened, but it was there was major backup. That, that's all I got to say. And it was to the point where I was stopped. And I was just sitting there thinking, all right, maybe I'll pull out my phone and do something on my phone. Maybe, maybe find some songs to listen to. And then I turned my head to the right. And remember, I have a hand drum next to me. So I said, I just started fucking beating on it. St- started getting some practice in. Because I'm not a great djembe player, but it's fun. It's fucking... It's fucking fun. So I just entertained myself that way. And that made me think, man, if Yamaha ever made a car, which they might, I don't know, I feel like they make motorcycles. If Yamaha ever made a car, they should 100% have a hand drum add-on, a hand drum attachment, so that you could have it in the glove box. You just open the glove box, and boom, there are two bongos at you. Boom, there are two timbales with some sticks ready to play. Little little roadside entertainment. I think that'd be nice anyway. The the drum definitely kept me entertained. And then um, a cop had, had me go in through the exit the drive through exit of a McDonald's. And that involved a lot of backing up and forward and ba- backing up and going forward again. But he was cool. He was bald too, which um, doesn't add anything to the story except just to paint the picture in your mind. Just a white, bald cop. That's pretty textbook, isn't it? And then that brings us to yesterday, which was the year anniversary of dating Eileen. A year. Yeah. I think she should get some kind of coin for that. Putting up with my ass for a year. But hey, it goes both ways, all right? Let me not just shit on myself because there's no one else to 
<laughs> there's no one to even it out. It's just me against myself. So it goes both ways. But a year, dude, that's crazy. A year, bro. I, that's just weird to think about. Like that a year ago, I was a little over a year ago. I was just like liking her Instagram stories. Just he <laughs> just harding stuff. And then because I, I I slid up on her asking for music recs, I slid up a- asking if she listened to country. That that's how this all started. And then a year later, here we are, going to the arboretum to celebrate our anniversary. And I'll tell you, we had a nice time there, dude. It's the second time I've been to the arboretum. The first time I took my mom for Mother's Day or her birthday, quite some time ago. I feel like I was in middle school. Uh, we had, uh, me and mom had a good time then, so I had nothing but high hopes for the Arboretum this time, and they were met. They they were very well met. They were I, w- I would even dare say they were exceeded. Everything was beautiful, and more so than that, it was a fucking gorgeous day. Like recently, it's been in the 80s, which isn't hot, but it's starting to get there. It's starting to get uncomfortable, but no, dude, 65 maybe 70 the highest during the day and I was wearing shorts so I was straight chilling we walked all the way around that motherfucker we looked at each and every plant and flower I took pictures of my favorites we took a Polaroid all that cute couple shit it was um it was just a really good time like there's not well I was about to say there's not anything I could complain about Towards the end, I started, like, I was ready to go, you know. I wasn't bitching. I wasn't, like, a little kid, but I was ready to go. I was like, where's the exit? We made it out. Went back, chilled for a bit. Then we went and got sushi because that was the very first thing we ever did. We went to Kura for our first date, so we went there. And it went, I'd say, a lot better than our first date, probably. And that's not to say our first date was bad. Like, it wasn't. If anything, I mean, I've been out with girls before where we didn't really talk. That was not the case with Eileen. Instantly, we were talking about everything. Uh, Literally everything. I think the second thing she told me was how she had just started antidepressants. And me, someone who doesn't even take ibuprofen, (laughs) or much less know anybody on antidepressants, that was a whole culture shock, but... She threw it out there, and I fucking fielded fielded the pitch, and we went from there. It was a lot of, um, thinking back to the first date, it was like a lot of getting to know each other, a lot of excitement, a lot of just like openness and showing that, hey, neither of, a, neither of us are assholes. We're both willing to have a conversation and listen to what the other person can say. Smile. And um, especially from, no, more so from, no, only from my side it was uh having a real in everything that i said a little bit she she put it pretty fun funnily she said this the other day and it was funny she was like yeah you you would say four things you would say three things fuck you would say three things then take back the fourth thing like something like that because i would I, i would say something and then i would just talk a little bit too long and say something that i knew wasn't true and then after I said it, I would say, I would admit it. I'd be like, I I don't know why I said that. I don't do that. <laughs> like if like if I was telling somebody like, oh yeah, uh, picnicking? Yeah, I fucking love picnicking, man. Like I used to, I don't know why I said that. I really don't like picnicking. Just something like that. Not as blatant, but you get what I'm saying. I was flustered. I was nervous. She was very pretty. Not, she is very pretty. She she did not stop being very pretty at some point during the year. She is still very pretty. Um, so pretty that I remember one time we were just driving on our way to. I don't think it was on our way to Kura, somewhere else. But it was one of the times I had picked her up, and she was riding passenger. She was talking just about anything, and I and I looked over to to continue the conversation. And I swear, I could have, like, ran us off the road because I just got stuck for a second. And then I kind of I looked back at the, I looked back over at the road and giggled. She went, what? And I, and I said, I went, you're just so beautiful. 
which is the lamest shit ever. But I, it was, it was genuine. That was really how I was like awestruck in the moment. But really good time yesterday. Really good time. A year, bro. That's crazy. I got her a vinyl for her, for her like anniversary present, which of course you know me. I got to get everybody a vinyl. But she is into vinyl. Well, not into vinyls. She has like a wall of vinyls. So it makes sense. And it was Matt Maltese, someone that she's into. She already has two of his albums. And she got them both signed at concerts, which is pretty dope. So I, uh, when I saw that he released a, a new album, I at first I asked her if she liked it. And she was like, yeah, it was a good album. So I went to order it, and I saw that there was a like there was a standard version, and then there was a clear version that was signed as well. So of course I'm gonna get the signed version. It was it wasn't that much more, anyways. Ordered that, came in. I, I gave it to her yesterday. She was very happy. So that's cool. A year, bro. <sighs> what can I tell you after a year in a relationship? Well, first I'm gonna tell you that. Our relationship is not perfect, so I'm not like the the end-all, be-all when it comes to giving advice, but I think we're both pretty mature and that we handle things as they come pretty well, and the main thing that adds to that, which I know you've heard everyone else say, but that's because it's fucking true. Communication. Just fucking saying something. If you have a problem, saying it. And look, yes, because I know I just said it. Everybody says that. Everybody says communication, but that's because it's not like as easy as as, as it seems. You hear communication and you think, oh, well, we'll we'll talk about where we're going to eat before we go eat there. Oh, well, I, you know, I, I wanted to go do this, so we'll talk about it and we'll plan it out. We'll plan out our day. That's communication. Yes, that is part of communication. Communication is also when you're like feeling very insecure about something that you know is probably silly and not true. This is in my case. I I feel insecure about some shit that I know is probably blown out of proportion in my mind or maybe just a misunderstanding or some shit. But I don't want to say it just because I don't want to sound stupid. I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to... I don't want to be like that, like, uh, I don't want to be that guy. But having good communication is getting over that and saying it anyway. Because that's how you solve things. That's how you get past those feelings. And really, that's how you feel better at the end of the day. Speaking from my own experience, every time that I've had like a big-ass lump in my throat about something... Normally, it's because she, she asked, like, what's wrong? No, really. What's wrong? And so I ended up begrudgingly going, well, I, th- I, I think, blah, 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 and, and got it all out. <clears throat> and we talked about it, and I felt better. So that's, that's what I would have to say, communication. And that goes in every aspect of the relationship, <clears throat> from, like, just interacting with each other, conversations, how you like to be talked to, <clears throat> planning shit out, scheduling. Hey, when are we going to hang out? When are we going to fuck? When are, when are we going to when are we going to play this game? When are we going to do this? <clears throat> Just being completely like communicative and open to Oh, well, yeah, we can't do that, but we're going to do this. And it's cool cuz we talked about it. <clears throat> That's the whole shebang. Other than that, I guess I guess the other thing I would say is being open to like, <clears throat> God damn, I don't know what's in my throat. It's not a dick. I know, I know that. It's just being open to like other people having a different way of life than you. Because like I said, ibuprofen, I, I, I don't even pop, you know, allergy pills. It's just, it's because my dad, honestly, he's fucking crazy. He threw out our microwave because he thought it was poisoning our food. He's a very anti-man-made, anti-government, anti-chemical, all that shit. And, you know, as much as I make fun of him for saying, we need a red wave to fix the government, like whatever, I um, I did sort of adopt that anti-man-made, 
if I don't, if it's not already in me or if it's not like from the earth, I probably don't need that shit. I kind of adopted that mentality in, in most ways. Like when it comes to small little shit like ibuprofen or allergies, some shit that I can just wait and it'll be better. I'll just wait. I won't take a pill. And then meeting Eileen, who I'm not even going to get into her medical fucking shit because that's her, but uh, that's like a normal part of her day to day is taking an antidepressant, you know? pills and so it's really hard to understand at first and even now sometimes I don't understand parts of it but I don't just leave it at that I don't just make assumptions or you know make fun of well I do make fun of her for it but it's in a good like good-hearted way I I don't just like make judgments there you go I don't just make judgments about her or what she's going through because she she takes pills I ask her, I'm like, well, what, what does it do? How does it help? Why do you, what do you think about it? Just know everything about it. And, and I'm open to her like opinion and input and to see it from a different perspective than my, you know, um, weed cures all the perspective. Um, then I can understand her and then we, we can both, um, kind of coexist a little bit better. So that, I guess that's communication too, isn't it? But um, yeah, just being open to other people. Like it's not necessarily my way or the highway all the time. Uh, uh, some people can, uh, and, and it's not what's best for me. Isn't best for everybody. And that's not just Eileen. That's with everybody learning that like everybody has their own thing that gets them to a hundred percent. You know, some, some Julian, he likes drinking tea. I'm not a tea guy. You know, that, that might be his thing. I like to smoke a bowl. Eileen doesn't. She likes to be alone. She likes to go out and do stuff by herself. That sounds freaky to me, but you know what? If that's what she's into, then that's fine. That's cool for her. So that's the other big thing about being in a relationship. Just really getting to know somebody like that. But yep, I've made it a year. That's crazy. She's still putting up with me. So that's cool. <sighs> yeah, the Arborean was fun. I'll leave you with this um, one one more tale of how I <laughs> how I blundered a little bit. Last night I was drinking after Eileen left just to celebrate, and because I'm an alcoholic, let's be honest. And I had some to drink. I had some to smoke, of course. And so, the end of the night, I was laying down watching Game Grumps. Eileen put me on. I was watching some ten minute power hours. Bong in hand, smoking, chilling. Turns out, I fell asleep with my bong in my hand because I, I was awoken to a cold, wet feeling on my back and a horrible smell. Yeah, that's right. I fell asleep with my bong in my hand and spilled the water on myself in my sleep. Yep. I'm a real class act, I know. I just, whew, got it going on. <laughs> but that is definitely a first for me. Fell asleep, bong in hand. That's crazy, dude. That's like that's like when people fall asleep with cigarettes still lit. Like, I, I, I couldn't imagine someone doing that. And here I've gone and done the stoner version of it. So, I don't know, I got to... <laughs> I got to reassess my my priorities or some shit. Luckily, I have a mattress cover so the the bong water didn't like get into the mattress. That would have been horrible. Ugh, disgusting. But yeah, so that's how I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning. <laughs> I went back to sleep luckily. If you don't smoke, I'd like to provide the context that bong water is fucking disgusting. It's rank. Ugh, it smells horrible. It's um especially if it's old bong water. Mine wouldn't have been more than a week old, I don't think, but still horrible. I remember the first time I hit a bong, I was um well, no, it wasn't the first time. It was the first time I hit a bong with Trey. I was hitting it and then I I milked it too much. I went to inhale, was too much, so I coughed, but I didn't pull my mouth away from the bong. So I just coughed into it and blew 
all the bong water out onto my legs so my shorts were just fucking reeking for the rest of the day. Fun stories, fun times. But as we're nearing the hour mark, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up, say that that's it. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If I went a little too hard about that work shit at the beginning, I apologize, but really, I um, I needed to vent. Not necessarily about the work shit, but just in general, because that fucking applying for all these writing jobs, or I'm sorry, not applying for any of these writing jobs, because there aren't any that, that fucking, that I would fit into. That stressed me out an ass ton, and so really, I just wanted to get my mind off that shit. And now, it's 9.30, I still have an hour, an hour and a half to chill and do other shit before I have to go to sleep and get back, get ready for the monotony of tomorrow. So I will catch you later. I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a great week later. Oh yeah, also... I am planning on doing a stand-up set this week. So if I do that, if it goes well, I'll probably play it on the podcast. I'm sitting here looking at my flip video recorder, ready to go, got it all charged up. Um, Yeah, so I am not reliant on anyone else anymore to record my shit. That'll be cool. I think Kevin's going to come too, if he can, so that'll be nice. Now I'm just waiting to see if I get a three-minute slot or a five-minute slot, because I did apply for the five-minute uh, the lottery online, so just got to wait. But I'm ready. I've got some material, got it thought out, and I'm just I'm more excited than anxious. But the closer we get, we'll see if that, uh, that feeling starts to shift a little bit. So I'll keep you all updated, and uh, as always... Hope you have a great week. Hope you had a great week. Later.